0: Hello and welcome everybody for this new episode of the advanced advanced, uh, real estate investment talk. Uh, As usual, we are here with Darcy and Glenn and today we'll talk about financial analysis. How do you look at a deal? And um, I thought I could start today. So there is a a quick method. So you don't want to go into every deal and review every single deal uh, in detail. So there is a quick, quick method that goes around. And uh, basically, if you're looking at multifamily, uh, you can take the income and have a, a 10% uh, for vacancy and then 50% for expenses. Uh, it's like a back of a napkin calculation. And using the cap rate, you can have a pretty good idea of what you're looking at. And so that can help you decide if it's a go or no go. And if you want to dive deeper into the, uh, the analysis. And I know for myself, uh, as you know, with experience of buying property, uh, I've come up with a, a, an Excel sheet uh, where I put a date, address, uh, asking price, number of units, income, and then you have the vacancy rate. So you do a little bit of research I like to put it to be conservative in my numbers and calculations. So I put a a higher um, vacancy rate than what I found usually. Uh, And then you have expenses you shouldn't forget are property tax insurance, electricity and heating, maintenance and repair. For maintenance and repair, I like to take um, the average rent uh, and multiply it by the number of units. And that gives me a number that's usually helpful to my calculations. And then depending where you invest, you're going to have lawn care and or snow removal. And then water sewer, management fees. I like to put a high number here for management fee, uh, like 10%. Then you have garbage, advertising, accounting. And that represents your total operating expenses, which allow you with income and expenses to calculate your NOI. And based on the NOI, you can calculate the cap rate and also your cash on cash return which are uh, uh once you have the the numbers from the the mortgage you can calculate your cash on cash return which is uh as you may know uh, the, the the return you make after you you factor in the payment of principal and interest on the on the mortgage so so that would be my contribution for this that's uh, the way i do it uh, Darcy how how long does
1: it take you to do that? I bet everyone listening is going, well, that sounds like pretty complicated, but you're doing shorthand. How long does it take you to test a property? A realtor sends you a listing, you run it through your process. Are you if seeing I do the hours? first
0: method? The first method yeah. takes me uh, yeah two minutes and that more in-depth one, it doesn't take too, too long, uh, maybe 15 to yeah. 20 minutes.
1: So describe for me, because I, I think I can see what you're doing, but you get something that pops up on your internet. You just go to your kitchen table, grab a pencil really quickly on the side of the listing brochure, and you're just – how long does it take? You just write down the gross, write down your net, subtract 10%, 40%, or 10%, 50%, what's that 40% look like at the end, right? Yeah. Pretty close? Yeah. And then what happens if you like it? You come out with a number, you go, yeah, I could finance that. I could finance $2.3 million with that 40% that's left
0: with a little bit left
1: over. Is that kind of how you do it?
0: Yeah, then I get back to the the, the agent with questions if I find um, uh, there are some unknowns and yeah. to to refine my calculations and yeah and then uh, yeah then that's it. Yeah,
1: well, they, they, there's so many. I don't know what your inbox looks like, but you know, realtors got to eat, and it's not a huge amount of properties transacting, but you can get. I don't know uh i can get somewhere upwards of 30 50 a day on some days of and it's you go the thing is you you could miss something that's really good because you just don't have time to look at it which is terrible so i have a few guys in our markets that just sort of screen for me you know they know what i'm looking for so i'm not assessing ones that just don't make any kind of sense or ones that are out of my range 100 million for three concrete towers in downtown calgary well I'm not playing there. Uh, You know, it's nice. I love to see what those are going for by suite or what cap rate looks like because those are the same cap rates that um, banks might use or ask about mine, but it's a totally different product. It's like comparing my Ford F-150 to the Tesla truck. They're in a different category. Um, For our part, mine is really pretty close to what you're doing. I, I just want speed with these things. I want to know if it's worth wasting another minute on. So you're, you're back in the envelope. I'm doing that really quickly. Uh, same kind of deal. We've created a little Excel spreadsheet. And I don't know, there might be fire, the wheel, and the Bernoulli effect so we can fly, and then Excel spreadsheets as innovations for humans. It is the best, cheapest, straight-up tool to use. I don't know how many people use them for everything. They're remarkable. My bookkeeper uses it for everything. She doesn't even write in Word. She just uses Excel spreadsheets. That's all she talks like, money language in general. I've done Excel spreadsheet, kind of the same deal. Um, and it looks kind of the same. We could just drop in the price and it calculates out the rest. I fill in a handful of, of cells and we backloaded it so it knows our expenses, what it costs to run my office per suite, what my book, uh, bookkeepers cost per year. And I just, you know, that cost per suite, we've kind of calculated out across a bunch of properties. So I can get a pretty close idea within about 10 minutes if it's worth my wasting my time on. But for listeners that are just arriving or feel like they've fallen down a hole, it um, should explain capitalization rates. The cap rate that gets tossed around a lot, um, it's shorthand. It's just a way to compare two disparate properties. You got a, a 5 sweeter with a pitched roof on a residential uh, you know, uh, property and a shopping mall. Which one makes more money? You know, if you're there, you don't think they're comparable, but if you find a, a, uh, a rate that can compare cash flow or compare money after, that's what the capitalization rate is. And it gets tossed around by realtors a lot, but you don't know what's into it and how it's arrived at. So they might say your market is, you know, things are selling at a five and a half or six cap. That's pretty common or lower. In Vancouver here, it's now 23 the lower the capitalization rate, the smaller the number you're dividing into the bigger number, you know, the bigger the valuation you're gonna get out of it. So if you're buying at 10 cap or 15 cap, you're buying a lot of value. If you're buying it a two or a three cap, it's a really expensive property.
0: Then that's why that's I like the, the, you know, the back of the napkin calculation where you do your calculation with uh, yeah. a 10% vacancy and 50% uh, expenses. And then that way you have a net operating income and then you have the local cap rate or the cap rate used by the agent. And that way you can use those two to come back with yeah. a back offer with a, 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 a value for the property that's, uh, that's maybe mm-hmm. different from what they, they are offering. Yeah. And the cap is really, rate, I've, I've heard it defined as if you buy the property cash, this is the rate of return, basically, the cap rate. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So
1: it's worth, it's worth knowing that that cap rate highly manipulated because of what they're loading on for expenses, what they project for income, and to, you know, um, take that old uh, uh, axiom about lies, there's lies, there's uh, uh, statistics, and then there's, you know, worse. Projections Mm -hmm. or pro forma statements are the worst kind of lies ever, because they are just fantasies. Trying to catch your attention
2: you can even fool yourself you can make the yeah. numbers mm. be whatever you want them to be to make it into a deal yeah. um so <laughs> yeah and if you're talking getting numbers from somebody else they may have already done that and then you've added your own extra pain to yourself onto it and you've yeah. made this something that isn't worth buying something to buy yeah
1: so then how do you you so you do properties. How do yeah, you
2: do So, I have, I'm, we're not, we're not a video podcast, but I keep, I have a little sheet, super, super simple to do an original, um, analysis. And basically it's the same thing as sort of Ari was like, it's you know, just simple things. So i only talk about the things that are kind of unique to my sheet. You know, it's the regular sort of things you're looking for is I keep um, one number I keep on here is the purchase price plus reno divided by the ARV, because for me, I want to make sure that if this is going to be a, a burr property that I can refinance at the right rate. So I need a certain ARV based on purchase and reno. So I have can that number. And you the ARV
0: for our listeners?
2: Oh yeah. The after repair value. And if we're going to talk into after repair value, um, the, that's one of the hardest things to accurately calculate. Um, so a lot of my time, I, I buy almost everything with a renovation. So, when you're calculating uh, the ARV, the, the easy way to do it is just to go to one of those sites: Realtor.com, Zillow, Trulia. They'll tell you what they think it's worth, but it's not worth anything because all they've done is went this neighborhood, a three-bedroom, two-bath, that's worth this much, right? It. They don't know the condition of the house. They don't know wh- you know what it is. Like it's it, it's not even it's kind of their current value, but it doesn't mean anything because they never seen inside the house. So. Um, What you really want to do, that's one of the early mistakes people use those for comps, you want to pay for software, you want to pay for like REI Pro, um, PropStream, one of those sort of softwares that you're going to pull comps, I used to have a free one online, but it went down and probably got bought by somebody. But you want comparables and and then what takes the time is to look through them. So I have, it's a three step sort of process. I first just fill out this quick little sheet it's like seven numbers I need. Right. Boom, 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 boom. I can fill that out in 60 seconds. Usually I can just go to, you know, uh, one of those sites, realtor at Comzilla, whatever, just to get property tax insurance stuff, fill it out really fast. Are we even close? Are we in the ballpark? Okay. We are. That sheet goes pins up on the board. And then <laughs> I have also a pile. Of, I'll say what it's called, but it's ju- the junk deals. And so I keep them there just so I don't redo anything. Cause I get deals multiple times. Um, yep. Then I move to a spreadsheet and I put the same numbers in and then it has a few more complicated numbers and it breaks it all across and it fills it in um, based on what a refi will look like. So, and what a flip would work like. So it has, you know what, if anyone wants this, join my buyers list because I usually sell these out. (laughs) It's just on my website. It's just pop-up that comes, but it'll, I send out these things whenever I'm doing deals uh, and you'll see my sheet. Um, But it'll basically take, the purchase price in one column, middle column, maybe all burr stuff. So if I did a refinance based on this ARV from these sheets, it just breaks it all out. And like, this is how it'll all run. It puts in uh, how the cash flow will run, the, all the vacancy reserves, maintenance reserves are all just auto fill in. And then on the end is the flip. And so whenever I, I used to do it, like I know Darcy's sheet, because we saw it uh, in another show, or I think it was before we were doing shows. <laughs> yeah. And it shows like green and red. And I used to do all the colors, but what happened was sometimes I let stuff go by because I saw too much red, but it actually yeah. was a good deal. It was yeah. actually a good deal. It just didn't work as a flip or it didn't work as a border, but it could work with a different strategy. So yeah. I now I took all the coloring out except for the ROI. I keep that one in there because there's certain numbers I want to hit. So besides that, I took all the, num- all the coloring out, all the conditional formatting and go, but that's how mine goes really quick. That's it in a breakdown is quick little sheet, like seven or eight numbers. If that goes, point it up, put it into the next sheet and actually put in some more detailed numbers and it'll fill it out and then then we go. And yeah, purchase price plus reno divided by ARV. And I also write on here where the property's coming from because I, like Darcy, get like 30 to 50 deals a day and you wanna be able to find, this is from Facebook. This is from wholesaler so-and-so. This is from, where is this? Is it an email? Cause that's the worst when you find a deal and then you're like, where is this? You're going through your Facebook messenger. Where, to, where did I get this? Is it in my email? Which email address?
1: Yeah. And let's not lose track of the realtor. Cause they're, yeah. yeah. So my thing is too, it'll fill in on a, know it's just a box, which realtor, which realty firm, what's their contact phone number. And what's the actual physical address of the property. They could be, cause everyone starts calling everything. It's that place over up on the, up in the Benchlands in Moutard. What's it called? I don't know. What's the street address? I don't know, it's that one I sent you. So I'm I'm a freak for that stuff. I just, and we'll call it one thing, a stabilized thing. So I'll stop my brother or my sister from calling it different things because you're looking at 15 properties. You got offers on two or three. You know, one of those might go 30 days where you get to a deal. Um, you can get really confused and you could make a stupid error thinking they're talking about property A, but they're really talking about B. And in the meeting, you go, no, no, it didn't work. We're not doing that. Let's put our resources on this other one. Just on simple things, keeping track,
0: it's- So with you Darcy, since you do syndication and you buy property that have a, a problem to fix, usually, you know, with renovations, yeah. what budget do you factor in for renovations?
1: Well, oh, what? So we've added complexity because yeah, uh, Glenn uh, elided over a couple of things and mentioned that we put in back into our grid Uh, once we get to something that says, hey, this is worth looking at, and what strategy do we want here? um, We throw in stuff like a a contingency reserve, all operating costs and holding costs for three months, we put aside when we buy that property. So our syndicate puts that money and puts it into a a savings account for just that property. And it just sits, it's not super efficient money, but it's my backstop in case there's problems. And it gives a great assurance to our syndicators or investors, they love it. or at least they say
2: they do that, that, uh, that's but, a really good point though too sorry to cut you yeah. off but like no, that's no, where we uh like we do keep a reserve too right yeah you know, like there's no draws you keep that reserve fund at a certain level and then mm-hmm. if there's money on top of that that's when we'll start doing draws because yeah. you, you never know especially when you're buying distressed properties you know that roof goes or something and sometimes yeah. insurance covers it sometimes oh the one i had was the water line breaks underneath the the ground and your insurance covers up to the edge of the house and the uh city covers up to the shut off and it broke in the middle and now that's like your ten thousand dollar bill it's all you <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah or, or higher right.
2: depending on how big you are right like <laughs> absolutely
1: yeah so that money is inviolable it sits in that account and we don't touch it we pretend we don't even know it's there it shows up on our balance sheet that this is in cash reserves at year end but we don't talk about it um but then for uh we buy like glenn these are the only reason they fall to us is because they got some way they're broken. So we do have to fix it. So we'll bring in a rental budget and it's always a fight over that, how much it is. You know, the contractors, it's never enough that we're cheap, right? You know, the, the solution for them is more money and everything new, rip it all out, replace it with new. You know, in the end, if my contractors were in charge, there'd just be a pile of dirt and we'd be building a new building because it's easier, right? It's cleaner. Um, I just tell them, we never do anything easy and yesterday, I borrowed from the Navy SEALs, yesterday was your last easy day and they <laughs> go, they love that, love it. Love um, but typically we're thinking with our internal people, depending on the neighbourhood, some places uh, labour is higher, um, half our renovation costs are flooring and cabinets. The rest is labour, paint, baseboards and whatever. So we're looking at somewhere around 10000 to 12000 for a two bedroom suite to completely renovate it to our quality. Common areas, we just divide it by square footage, and that usually means new baseboards and trims and doors, paint, um, cameras, uh, Wi-Fi portals, uh, carpet, and, you know, we just block 25000 uh, A roof could be, depending on a flat roof or a pitched roof, you're talking seventy dollars to $125,000. A new boiler is somewhere around thirty dollars to $40,000. And virtually in Canada, the insurance companies, if you got a boiler that's older than 20 years, they're going to ask you to replace it. It's just it's gonna come up as a red item on your insurance. It's gonna be harder, harder to get insurance. Roofs over seven to 10 years years—they're now asking if you have a maintenance program or are you replacing it? Like roofs can, we have a warranty for 20 years from ICO, but the insurance company wants us to replace it at 10 or 12, unless you can get a, a qualified roofer that can, you know, attest to the state of the roof and give a quality report, you know, cut test or whatever, and send in photos. So you never have enough money So if that's going to stop you, well, then you're screwed. You should get a job with customs. But if you're willing to, you know, uh, find creative solutions and work with it, uh, you know, there's enough money. But that, yeah, we fight over that all the time. How much money for rentals? Uh, People are doing the rentals. It's never enough. For me, it's always too much. You're killing me. (laughs) So you're killing my ROI by asking for so much money. You don't have to replace every window.
2: Darcy, you're like, you're doing this big multifamily syndication. We didn't really talk on any of these numbers. At least I didn't, maybe it went by me. But um, there's like uh, soil samples and things like that to do. Um, how much do you factor in for those st- that stuff?
1: Well, that's good. Okay, so our closing costs, it depends on what jurisdiction. So if we're buying in Ontario, there's a transfer cost for uh, taxes. Ontario's a high tax regime, so is BC. But Alberta, we're buying a $2 million property and the transfer tax the transfer tax line is 50 bucks. Oh, wow. In BC, it's $130,000. Same property. Wow, yeah, it's just killer. So you have to know which jurisdiction. Yeah. Um, we've done enough of them now, pretty much for financing, you're gonna need an appraisal, uh, folks. So commercial appraisal is around three grand. Uh, phase one survey, a uh, phase one is just an oral history of the property. They go back to your city records, photographs. They wanna find out if there was ever a dry cleaner, uh, storage tanks, bunker fuel, heating fuel, gas stations, transportation yards, railroads, anything that might've had treated timbers, oil, uh, benzene, paint, paint thinner, or um, uh, dry cleaning fluids going into that soil on that property or on the adjacent property. And in every region, those are hooked up to the provincial databases of water tables. So every time there's a drilling program or a report, they they pin the maps in that region and say, Report was done at this date, this is what we found. We found low, low concentrations of lead, or we found benzene here. And they know which way the water's going, always to the river or the lake. So based on that, you might get a phase two, which is you need to drill and confirm that soil is good. Because banks are not gonna take on the liability of a polluted property, it's just crushing. It could be I've hundreds heard of thousands about
2: like certain places like uh i heard parts of london certain subdivisions like london ontario that yeah. they're um they have you have to drill down or they, they do a core sample sort of yeah. down it and they're, but they're looking for uh artifacts and stuff of indian burial oh. yeah, that's stuff. True. archaeological yeah. studies wow. yes so, yeah archaeological study and i know they'll <laughs> do a, one name drop like cory mckinnon was i was listening to his stuff and he was saying oh yeah we drilled it pulled it out and they found like one little piece of ceramic and they're like now we got to do a whole bunch of <laughs> and yeah. stuff like that so yeah it's crazy stuff
1: yeah we just did two properties in southern Ontario in Windsor yeah um there was 200 meters away in 1952 the photograph showed air photograph from a yep. you know a recreational pilot that got into the archives that there used to be a garage of some sort and on the back half of the property in 1952 there's pictures of barrels and old tires. So based on that photo they had to confirm that in 2019 or 2020 that those materials were not buried, decomposed, and running with the water table under our property. So four drilling holes, $30,000. They drilled four holes, one in our laundry room, one in our hallway, and two in our courtyard to confirm they went down 20 feet, five meters, 25 feet drilled down these holes just to confirm in the groundwater that there was no, no toxic. This is no on ones. the
2: purchase, right?
1: On the purchase, this, on the purchase.
2: So like the other thing is, I guess the um, the sellers have to be open to you drilling all these holes all over their stuff. Yeah.
1: It becomes a condition of uh, the sale. So if you don't cover your butt there and your financing is conditional on a clean phase one, which is typical, uh, <laughs> a handful of credit unions or second tier or third tier lenders will maybe Glide over that and just have a check sheet that says, not that I know of, not that I know of, but none of the first tier banks will accept a not that I know of check sheet. You need a clean phase one from a recognized company. And they'll even say, we would like to use Golders. We would prefer you to use Amec, Foster Wheeler. We would prefer to use these companies. You can't, you know, so they're pretty prescriptive with it. They accept from these people. Um, And it's also noteworthy too. If you're talking with a bank, it's worth asking, you know, will you accept an appraisal from this person? So if you shop around and find some guy who will do appraisal for $900, but the bank won't accept it, you wasted $900. So it's worth asking your broker, who do you use in London? Who do you use in Prince George? Who do you use in Edmonton? Who who will you accept from? Because, you know, everybody's different. Some guys are more enthusiastic. Some guys, when they write up those appraisals, they're really cynical. They just, you know, hate their haters. They can't see what you're gonna do and no matter what you tell them, they think it's worth garbage. You know what the amazing thing is with the appraisals? We have never bought well, according to appraisals. Somehow they always come up with the same exact number we paid for the property. <laughs> it makes everybody happy. We never put them out on a limb. And we're looking and going, are you nuts? This is 30000 a suite cheaper than the last transacted sale. How did we not get a good deal?
2: Well, they don't so, want to be liable. They don't want to oh, be liable. They don't want to be like, hey, you're buying this for a million dollars, but it's worth two. And then, you know, they don't want anyone to come back and be like, hey, this is, you know, you're way off. They Absolutely. Yeah. And they're usually protecting the bank's interest more than your interest. Yeah. yeah. Even
1: though you're paying them, you're required by the bank. I know. <laughs> and it's 10 pages and seven pages of it is is acknowledgement of liability and um, uh, what they're not responsible for. but it's necessary i like those guys but it's always a wrestling match to get the value
2: but i do get it from their perspective too they you know if they were on the hook for these appraisals that could things change all the time they could miss something i don't know
1: (laughs) but it's worth talking to them beforehand to say let's talk about terms this is what i'm thinking you know you can you can nudge them, some guys, you can nudge them in a direction or to bring to light things that they might've overlooked or might've underappreciated in the prospect. And it's worth it having the conversation before and say, before we submit and before you commit to paper, let's go over that. Let's go over how you got your valuations. And that's where you just kind of sit down and grind through you know, everything that you can add in or take out when you're looking at a small number cap increases that value. 10,000 here and there. Is that Have you ever challenged one of these appraisals? Yes. Have
2: I ever won? No. <laughs> same here. I've done the appraisals, or I've challenged the appraisals. And usually it's they're so far off that like, it's against, it's like a hit on their character for them to actually change it. But you're like, no, no, you're, especially in the States, the neighborhoods are so specific. I'm like You pulled from the wrong neighborhood. <laughs> like this isn't part of that school district. And yeah. you almost have to start over and pay another guy.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, we're all math guys we know that there is no average you can't find the average house it's made up of at least three three different disparate homes and a, and a divided by three so they're doing that what the, the trick is to show how specific your property is and if you can show that it's specifically better
2: well that's a win But so. we never won so yeah <laughs>
1: no. but i remain hopeful because i'm very optimistic <laughs> oh yeah no um all right why you bring us home
0: yeah, sounds good. Well, thank you everybody for your contributions about the financial aspect of uh, uh, investing and how to do uh, those calculations and the, you know, the, the difficulties around the, the value, the assessed value and assessing the value of a property. So we'll all see you next week then.
1: Right.
0: Bye everybody. See you.